0: So you have students who come in, and through HopeWorks, we have a student coordinator who's the first person that that student has contact with. And so that person's job is to register that student, but also to encourage the student concerning the process. Because a lot of our students that come in, their self-esteem is so low concerning education. They've been told that they couldn't do it for so long that they are not sure themselves that they can do it. So a lot of times what they really need is just a cheerleader.
1: HopeWorks' mission is to guide Memphians in need of a second chance through essential education, counseling, and career development. Programming is available to establish a relationship with God while building stability, confidence, and a hope-filled future. Hi, and welcome to Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler. To help us provide more insight into the work of Hope Works, Dr. Stephanie Cole is the Director of Adult Education at HopeWorks. Dr. Cole, welcome to Mid-South Viewpoint. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for having me on today. Thank you.
1: You're so springy. I love <laughs> I love you came with the green and the excitement. And yes. Ready for a new day, right?
0: Yes. Exciting.
1: HopeWorks was first conceptualized back in 1988. It received its 501c3 status in 1998. How long have you been with the organization?
0: I am one of the newest members of the organization. I have been there just about the week before Christmas, actually.
1: So you're like the baby, right? Yes, I am the baby. (laughs) I am the
0: newest member, probably the most excited member, but definitely uh, new to the team. Well,
1: let's discover more about Dr. Stephanie Cole. Where did you grow up? Is Memphis home for you?
0: Yes, I am a lifetime Memphian. I grew up in South Memphis in what used to be a long time ago, Claiborne Homes Projects. I grew up there. Then we moved from South Memphis to North Memphis. So I have always lived in Memphis. I have a a love relationship with my city. I think that Memphis is going to do great things.
1: I agree with you. I myself am a lifelong Memphian. They say that you and I, Stephanie, are a rare breed. That is true. Hey, but we are proud of our city.
0: I am very proud of my city, and I believe that there is hope for our city. I know we hear all of the negative statistics. Yes. But um, I truly believe that the heart of Memphis is good.
1: So you and I basically grew up on opposite ends. You grew up in South Memphis. Mm-hmm. I grew up in the Highland Heights area, went to Kingsbury High School, and elementary through junior and, and high school. Mm-hmm. So where did you attend school?
0: I started out at a school that's been closed, Alonzo Locke Elementary. I went from there to Bellevue Junior High. Um, I did a year at Central High School, and then I did transfer and go to boarding school for a couple of years.
1: Okay, and where was that?
0: Uh, so that was in St. Andrew Sewanee, right there with the University of the South, Sewanee, Tennessee, in between Chattanooga and Nashville.
1: Oh, that's a beautiful area.
0: A gorgeous area.
1: Yeah, waking up to the sunrise over the mountains yes, and yes. seeing, oh my goodness. Yes. So growing up in the city, what was family life like for you, Stephanie?
0: I was raised by a single mother. So for us, uh, my mom, my grandmother, and her sisters all lived in those surrounding projects. And so... Family life for us was uh, a lot of single women, the head of their households. We saw them like work two and three jobs to make sure that we had what we needed. And at all times, they were trying to make a way for us to have a better life than what they had.
1: In in a similar way, I also was raised by a single mom. I'm an only child. My folks divorced when I was young. Uh, Mom worked for the Sears Crosstown and worked in catalog sales. So she had to be up real early, like at 3.30 in the morning to go to work, you know, and would drop me off at the neighbor's house. But she wanted me to have a better future, Mm -hmm. too. Don't we love our moms, how hard they worked?
0: Yes. I always say everything that I am is because of the mother that I had. Yes. And she was determined that we were not going to be a statistic, that we weren't going to be what we saw every day, that we were going to be more. And so she worked hard to get us out of those circumstances to make sure that we had opportunities outside of our neighborhood.
1: What attracted you first to HopeWorks and their operation in our city?
0: What really attracted me to HopeWorks is that it's a faith-based organization. I am a Christian. I want to be a part of something that's more than just work. I have to know that it has kingdom effect, that what I'm doing is not just giving someone an education or a job, but we have the opportunity to make an eternal investment in the people's lives that we get to serve. And so that is what really attracted me to HopeWorks.
1: Stephanie, that is so beautiful because there's a lot of great organizations right here in our city Mm -hmm. and around the country Mm -hmm. that are doing honorable deeds and works, Right, but without the foundation of Christ, there really is no hope, is there? Mm
0: -mm. And that's the thing. You can give a person an education or a job, but when you give them Christ, you give them eternal gain. And not only do you just change that person, now you have real transformation and you change lives like the lives that are connected to them.
1: You know, when we talk about Hope Works, it's such a multifaceted ministry yes. in our city. So, where do we begin? Okay, maybe the first stop could be education right now because mm-hmm. I know that's on your heart. Right. So, we look at hope and a job. These really are the two concepts that drive every program that you do at HopeWorks.
0: Yes, that's the center of everything that we do is that whether it's education, it's education to get you a better job. If it's professional career development, it's to get you a better job. Our whole goal, especially now after the, the well, during this pandemic, is to really help people get to a living wage. Not just to get people jobs, but to get jobs where they can successfully take care of their families. So we only partner with companies that offer living wages. That's what we fight for for our participants, and that's what all of our programs are geared towards.
1: You know, when I was in, uh, again, a single-parent home, you know there's not a lot of money in the house. Mm -mm. So I remember when I was around 14, I really wanted to work. And so I was trying to find a job, and I got a job as a busboy. I actually lied about my age to get this (laughs) job at a busboy at a local restaurant in Mm -hmm. town that I would ride my bike to to go to work after school on the weekends. And I think I was making about $2.15 an hour, okay? Mm -hmm. And that, I think, was about minimum wage back then. That was a long time ago. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Now, you can think about jobs in the food industry, for one example, okay? Mm -hmm. I think they are minimum wage type jobs. Mm -hmm. Those jobs, my day, were designed a lot for high school students, maybe college students, but they were kind of a temporary stepping stone job. Mm -hmm. But in today's society, Stephanie, these jobs have become jobs for people to raise their families, but it's very, very difficult.
0: It is very difficult. And so when we look at the poverty rate in our city, the only way that we're going to tackle that poverty rate is really through education. We have to make sure that those who are in the areas that have high poverty rates, what we found is that they have low literacy rates. So we have to equip people with the skills and the education that they need to change their lives.
1: Yeah. Well, you have two adult education programs that help students achieve their dreams how do these programs function to accomplish these goals? And, and tell me what these two particular programs are.
0: Okay, so we do have uh, two programs at Hope Works. We have the AESL program, which is geared towards helping uh, those that are immigrants who need help with English, um, whereas English is not their first language. So a lot of times those uh, participants, they were A lot of them were professionals in their country, but when they come here because their English is not strong and they don't know the culture here or the work culture, so a lot of times they're not able to um, take the jobs that they need to provide for their family. And so that program is really geared towards helping them develop the English-speaking skills that they need to be able to go into the workforce. And then the program that I'm the director of is Adult Basic Education. Our goal is to help adults achieve their high school diploma. So if you remember in years past, it was the GED. Well, now the state of Tennessee no longer does the GED. We now offer the high set equivalency diploma test. And so that test allows for adults, you can take any part of the test. And if you pass that part, you don't have to take it again. Whereas with the GED, you have to take the whole test. So here you could come in and you could just take your reading today and, you know, get that under your belt. Then you come back and take your social studies and your science. So and it it's broken belt. up for you. It's broken up. Ah. And so that's a little bit easier when you're talking about adult learners who have been out of the classroom or have a fear of testing. And so um, that is what our program is designed to do is to help them get their high school diploma. But we also have what's called integrated educational training. So we can offer while you're working on your high school diploma, you can also work on different career development skills, such as digital literacy, uh, learning how to use the computer and being able to take those jobs, or manufacturing skills, so that while you're obtaining your high school diploma, you are also getting other skills that'll make you more job-ready.
1: Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of reasons why people don't finish high school, and we've stated some. What are some of the main reasons you find your students and why they haven't finished high school?
0: What we find is that a lot of our students have experienced some kind of traumatic um, upbringing that caused their high school experience to be cut short, whether it was that they had an unplanned pregnancy or just an unstable family life. What we deal with a lot of times is the fear of failure, the fear that they didn't do it the first time, so how am I going to do it this time? So we're finding that a lot of our participants have experienced some kind of traumatic childhood trauma or disappointment that caused them not to finish um, their high school experience and get their high school diploma.
1: So what you're seeing, Stephanie, is a sense of personal pride, self-confidence in students who accomplish this goal. Yes,
0: of course. So you have students who come in and through HopeWorks, we have a student coordinator who's the first person that that student has contact with. And so that person's job is to register that student, but also to encourage the student concerning the process. Because a lot of our students that come in, their self-esteem is so low concerning education. They've been told that they couldn't do it for so long that they are not sure themselves that they can do it. So a lot of times what they really need is just a cheerleader. Yeah, That's where we come in. We just cheer them on and watch them accomplish what we knew all along they could accomplish. Wow! And then at the end, to see the shock and awe on their face when they finally pass that test is just, it's life-changing.
1: Stephanie, my eyes are kind of welling up with some tears right now because you said something I think is so important. We all need a cheerleader. Yes. You know? Mm -hmm. in today's world, we need a cheerleader. We need a cheerleader.
0: (laughs) And, you know, a lot of times when you think back in your life, I'm sure you'll look back and see that your mom was your cheerleader. And so you think about when... The mom is out of the house, whether she's out because she's working or she's out because she's just not able to be what she should be for that child. So then they didn't have that person to say, you're special. You can do this. You deserve this. You're valuable. So they come to Hope Works, and that's our opportunity. That's how we show them Christ. We love them to the finish line.
1: Oh, to the finish line. I love that. And speaking of my mom, she's 82 now. She still works four oh, wow. days a week.
0: <laughs> so oh, that's a blessing. She still
1: inspires me. <laughs> yes. Okay, how has COVID impacted or redirected the way Hope Works provides its services? It's got to be big.
0: <laughs> yes. Just like everyone else, we had to adjust quickly. Um, under the restraints of covid so we went virtual and so we've been virtual for a little while and that it took us a little while to adjust it's been very um difficult for a lot of our students because they lack technology and so that has been one of the hurdles is just getting technology into the hands of the students who need it and trying to help them connect to other resources to get technology but we are so grateful that the vaccination is is you know that is the vaccine has happened and that people are getting vaccinated and so we're preparing to go back in person slowly. We have a plan to slowly, you know, open up some of our classrooms because a lot of adult learners, that virtual platform is kind of a, um, a barrier for them.
1: Yeah, I mean, having that contact with a person, you know, in the same room.
0: I always tell people that adult learners are a little different than children learners because children come to school because their parents make them come to school. So they don't really a lot of times have a choice about right. it. Um, adult learners come where they feel relationship, community. So if they feel seen and valued and wanted and accounted for, then they're going to continue to come. And a lot of times it's hard to kind of create that same sense of community over a Zoom classroom right. or Google Meets. And so that's why we're really pushing to go back in person.
1: Well, that first step is we talk about getting that equivalency to high school diploma. And as you move past that, another aspect is this personal and career development. That's just really the nuts and bolts. I mean, really, how to function.
0: Yes. I have the privilege of teaching a class at Shelby County Division of Corrections to the women there. I do charm school with them. And one of the things that I always explain to the women is that society has a bunch of rules, but nobody tells you the rules. They expect you to know the rules. And so if your parents didn't teach you the rules and your teacher didn't teach you the rules, then a lot of times you go out into society and you behave in ways and people are just... They're flabbergasted and they don't want to deal with you or they don't want to give you the job and you're trying to figure out what did I do because you don't know the rules. And that's what professional career development does. It helps our participants know the rules, to know the soft skills so that when they go in, they know what to wear to an interview. They know how to present themselves. They know how to talk and how to make eye contact, what a resume should look like. Those things that a lot of times we take for granted. We just think people just should know those things. But how can you know it? if no one ever taught it to you.
1: Is there a certain requirement that someone has to meet before they can get into this type of program?
0: Oh, no. All they have to do is just come to Hope Works and say, I want to be a part of uh, (laughs) Hope Works, and we will get them into whatever program that they have need of.
1: So your process here, you're taking the students from that education platform into the personal and career development so that they can actually get a good job. Yes. And so how do you connect them and network them into the marketplace?
0: So the wonderful thing is through those integrated educational training programs, our IETs, they're connected to companies. So the companies come in and they look at the students that are there. So this gives our students an opportunity. A lot of times they feel like they're going to be discriminated against because a lot of sometimes they're justice involved or sometimes they've not had a a very steady work history. So this allows employers to come in and see the students in our setting, see them working on the computer and interview them there in an area in a setting where they're comfortable and allows them to, you know, to get that job. So we have so many companies that literally call us on a daily basis asking, do we have any participants for these jobs? Now we do turn away companies if they're not paying a living wage because we want to make sure that not only that we're partnering up with companies, but we want to partner up with companies that have our same vision and our same desire uh, when it comes to making Memphis a better city.
1: Yes. Stephanie, can we talk about maybe some success stories, some names of some individuals that you have seen come through the program and where they are today?
0: So we have one uh, individual that immediately comes to mind Michael Renee Torrance Brown. She is one of those individuals that um, hope works. We also are inside a lot of the jails here in Shelby County. And so she was in one of our professional career development classes in Shelby County Division of Corrections. Through that class, once she graduated from that program and upon release, she ended up taking a job at HopeWorks as one of our student coordinators. And now I had the pleasure of knowing her also through Shelby County Division of Corrections because she was in my charm school. And so when I got to HopeWorks and she found out that I was working there, my assistant director calls and she's in tears too. She's like, there's somebody here who says they were in your charm school. And so I get to talk to her over the phone. And just here recently, I had the wonderful privilege of giving her a promotion. So she is now my lead student coordinator. And so just to see the fruit of what has been done in her life and to see it come to full bloom has just been amazing.
1: How does it make you feel?
0: Oh, my God. A lot of times you sow seeds and you don't know. You know, yep. one sows, one waters, and then yes. God gives the increase. So you don't always know the end story. You just keep doing the work. You just oh, keep doing the work and you pray over it oh, and you just trust God with the results. But to get to see the results, oh, it's like oh. winning the lottery or something. Like every day that I see her, I'm just like in awe of God and his mercy and his grace.
1: Oh, and that he Stephanie. lets me
0: play a little smart part on his program. Oh, you know?
1: my goodness, Stephanie. It reminds me of the Apostle Paul. Paul, or even John, when he would write to those young believers and talk about how it fulfilled him to see their growth. Yes,
0: (laughs) it is. It is by far the most rewarding thing.
1: Wow. And so getting into the prisons, I mean, has this been going on for a while?
0: Yes. So that is pretty much where the PCD, which is the Professional Career Development, started out. It is a reentry program. So we go into the prisons and we're able to provide that class along with the adult basic education. We're able to help them not only work on career development, but then there's this portion that is the personal development. So that's personal career development. So we also work on their spiritual relationship. So that's where we also get an opportunity to introduce them to Christ.
1: Well, incarcerated individuals are more likely to experience PTSD than the general population with estimated rates of occurrence from 4% to 21%. -hmm. How does the pre-release programming inside the Shelby County Division of Corrections, how do you work to address these concerns? That's so sad.
0: It is sad, and it is an, a huge problem. But what I will say is that Hope Works is right there on the forefront of that problem. So we provide for them counseling. We provide mentors. That is one of the things that I think makes that transition from incarceration back into society a little bit easier is because they have this mentor who has walked with them while they were incarcerated. And that is the same mentor that's going to walk with them once they're released and hold them accountable to all the plans that they made when they were incarcerated. So when they get out into the world and there's a lot of no's and closed doors they have someone to share those disappointments and those joys with when doors do get open. And so I think that is the key, yeah. is that a lot of times people are released with no one. Like yeah. they're just out here to try to navigate reentry on their own. That's where hope works comes in.
1: Stephanie, you threw out a term we haven't talked about yet. You said mentors. Where do they come from? Are they staff people? Or no, are they volu- so these
0: are volunteers. Anyone who has a couple of hours, we would love to have you come and check us out. You can go online to whyhopeworks.org. But yes, mentors are volunteers. They go through training and you can decide if you want to be a mentor inside the, the, the prisons or if you want to be a mentor to a student, an immigrant student or to an adult basic education student. We need mentors and tutors on every hand. So we are always looking for and recruiting
1: volunteers. So they're connected with all aspects of Hope Works. Yes. Imagine that you need a lot of volunteers. We
0: do need a lot of volunteers because, as I stated, people need cheerleaders. They need accountability partners. I tell people all the time, there, there's not very much in my life I could have uh, accomplished without someone holding me accountable. We like to think that we do that for ourselves, but the reality of no. it, we don't. No. And God didn't create us that way. Right. He created us yeah. to be in fellowship and to to have someone with us. And so a lot of times when people have burned bridges and disappointed people uh, in their families, then they need someone to just step up to the plate and say, I'll be that for you. I'll be your cheerleader. I'll be your accountability partner. And that's what mentors do.
1: You know, what I love about this too, Stephanie, is when society has given up on individuals who are incarcerated, yeah, if you do the crime, you've got to do the time. We know that, but we're still talking about a life. And there is that revolving door that we see where people go to jail, get back in the streets in a short period of time or back in jail. Mm -hmm. You're talking about offering an opportunity for someone, I guess that I mean, they're not mandated in the prison to be part of Hope Works. No, they choose.
0: Yes, they choose. But then we even vet them. So we go through an interview process. So just because you want to be a part of the program, we interview to see really what is your commitment level. Because, of course, when you're incarcerated, when these programs come, that's an opportunity to get out of your dorm, you know, to, to be able to have some interaction and some movement where you've been kind of locked down in your cell. So we really do a, a strong interview process to see what is the person's level of commitment right. and what are their goals and if they are a good fit for what we provide.
1: Well, since Hope Works believes that investment in the individual education and well-being of its students will create Christ-centered communities would you say that Hope Works is foundationally driven by the gospel?
0: Definitely. That is the center of everything that we do at Hope Works. We believe in the power of prayer. It's not just something that we do for our participants, but it's something that we do for each other. We have prayer in our buildings. The main location we get together on Wednesday mornings a group of us and we pray for the for Hope Works, we pray for our participants, but no, that's the center of everything we do is wow. Jesus.
1: That's beautiful. We mentioned about the concept of HopeWorks going back to 1988, becoming an organization, official 501c3, about 10 years later. Mm -hmm. What were some of those original intent? Know some of the story there?
0: Right. So the original intent, it started out with, it was just going to be this hope in a job. Then they thought about how do we get people jobs? You know that we're in a transportation hub, a lot of times companies come and then they pull back out because the reality is that our workforce is not educated enough to take the jobs. Or they come in and they find out that it's just a little harder here to get people to be able to not only take the job, but keep the job. That's when they realize this means that we're going to have to go into some other areas. So now we're going to have to provide some high school. So at that time it was the GED. So they started out with the GED too. And so just trying to figure out how do we get people to the job and to Christ all at the same time, and that's how all of the other right. departments began to grow.
1: Stephanie, have you noticed that lately, especially in the middle of this pandemic we're in with COVID, there's a lot of establishments that are looking for people to work, and I'm even seeing people have to close their business, not because they don't have customers, they don't have employees to run the business.
0: Yes, that is so very true. And the thing is, we have to remember that right now we're in this season where we have the stimulus. We had the unemployment, which was very generous of our government. These were good things. And so we're in that season now. And then it it all kind of collided with income tax season. So you have to know your workforce. You have to know the people like even for us, we have to know the people that we are trying to educate. And so but that money is going to start to dwindle away. Yes. And then that's when we're going to see this influx of people trying to find jobs and then realizing that they're not prepared and that they need their high school diploma. So, yeah, we're at a place right now where you see signs everywhere for people. They're saying they're hiring. But we're also in this season where people have a whole lot of ready cash right now. Yeah, We just got to be patient.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And you also mentioned to me because of Graduating seniors and hope to graduate seniors because of COVID, uh, there's going to be many that are going to need the services of Hope Works because they weren't able to complete their diploma.
0: Right. One of the things that I would say is that during COVID, virtual learning, it was a wonderful idea. It was a wonderful idea and it has been successful for some students. But a lot of times for our high school students, we found that they were able to fall through the cracks so we know that when this school year is over, that there are going to be a lot of students who did not make it to that finish line. So we want them and their parents to know that don't get discouraged, that there is still an opportunity for them to get their high school diploma, yes. that Works is ready and willing to help them achieve that. And they can do it in enough time to still make it to college in the fall. You know, sometimes you feel like, well, I didn't get it. Now what? Yes. No, you're just going to go one more lap. That's yeah. all. <laughs> Everybody else just went through a little faster. That's OK. Yeah. So you'll go one more lap and you can still make it to college in the fall
1: something you said at the beginning of the program i just really love that you were interested in kingdom work ultimately because yes. that's really what matters
0: right because the reality is that real transformation it only happens through christ
1: Amen. dr stephanie cole god bless you my dear sister thank you for what you are doing for christ's kingdom through hope works thank you so much you've got to come back
0: Of course. Just invite me. I love it. I've had such a good time. (laughs) And and listen, and
1: and two, when some of the restrictions get on, we can get more and safe and get together. You have to bring some students. Oh, that
0: would be awesome.
1: We could have fun with that.
0: Oh, that would be great. Okay, so. Just let us know when.
1: If people want to know information about mentoring, about helping support the work of HopeWorks, all the above. The website is whyhopeworks.com. Your office is over there on Summer Avenue, 3334 Summer, and that number is 901-272-3700. And if our listeners of any are interested in the high school equivalency of the diploma, you can call the number 901-396-8800. Yes. And you
0: you will find a smiling voice on the other side of the phone ready to get you set up for success.
1: Dr. Cole, thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much.
1: Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Byron Tyler. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.